So I joined um, what you would call like a business uh, accelerator for entrepreneurs. So that's where I came up with a lot of this awareness, but also a lot of the resistance. And so as you said, other people could see it because I'd be sitting in a room with 50 entrepreneurs and mentors and they'd be like, this, this is the thing, Mike. And I'd be like, oh, okay, you know, so there was a little <laughs> bit of resistance there, right? Um, you know, you need to be the voice of me in that, this kind of language, which is like, uh, uh, uh. And so like lots of things, but fundamentally that kind of voice that you just said, which is like, who am I to do that, right? And one of the things that there was, it was a process for sure. Fundamentally, why as men are we in this place where generally we're not really that satisfied? That's when I started looking at things like life satisfaction and, and, and job satisfaction and, and mental illness, you know, suicide uh, rates in Australia, astronomical. Like at the time, it was six people a day take their own lives, five of them being men. Um, you know, depression, anxiety and suicide being highest um, across all spectrums in men 15 to 44. Like these kind of stats were, were hitting me in the face and I was like, holy shit, something has to be done, right? So. So not being able to ignore that kind of uh, information. And then, you know, realizing that I'd seen this kind of stuff in conversations everywhere with my friends and my own life, um, you know, and a lack of clarity, lack of direction, but also, you know, in, in my clients and, and so on. Um, and then I started writing a book, which was initially a part of this course. But then in the idea of writing a book, that little voice, who am I to, you know, write a book? Who am I to? Because obviously a book is something physical. It's very real. You put it out into the world, ready to be judged. And so I had a mentor at the time and a writing coach. And, and quite simply, he said something to me, which I've used many times for myself and others since then. And with the idea of writing a book and that thought, who am I to write a book? He quite simply said, you know, with, with the knowledge that you have, with the awareness that you now have and are continuing, right? With the solutions and the information, the experience, and who are you to not write this book? Hey guys, Dan Brophy here. Welcome to Quit Your Day Job, a podcast for frustrated creatives. Well, each week I talk to a different creative or someone that's using creative problem solving to turn what they love into what they do. Have you ever thought about seeing a life coach? Have you ever thought about becoming a life coach? Well, my guest today is Mike Campbell, who was working as a personal trainer and was wondering why he was somewhat dissatisfied with the results he was able to get and the work he was able to do through limiting the sort of work he was doing to being purely based in the physical and realized the limitations that his clients were experiencing because he wasn't yet speaking to the mental, emotional, spiritual version of the people he was training and thus thought he would reinvent re-educate and level up his career so as to become not just a life coach but to drill down on a community that really needed his support and rebrand himself as a man coach. Now I think this conversation is not only relevant for those who are looking to see a coach or possibly become one but also for anyone who's thought about why they're somewhat dissatisfied with their career as it stands and this was a really great reminder that there's no need to throw the baby out with the bathwater necessarily. If you have gravitated towards a career that you thought was going to be what you wanted to do, but there was something missing, you may just need to re-educate, upskill and reinvent yourself so that you can take the things you've been developing and all the skills and attributes from your career thus far and turn it into a new path, one that speaks to something that you're really passionate and committed to. And like I say, when you're nervous, focus on service. If you're not satisfied with the career that you're currently doing, it's really great to think about how you can serve your community or a community or group of people that you want to be able to change or transform or inspire with the work that you're doing. Before we get down to the interview, if you haven't checked it out already, I have an Instagram TV vlog called the Creative Wellness Vlog, and every couple of days I will answer a different question all about how to turn what you love into what you do, but more specifically to overcome blocks and to find ways to tap your passions into discovering what it is that you are really interested in doing and facilitating it through your day-to-day. 
You can submit a question that I can answer on the vlog by emailing me, danbrophy at gmail.com. You can slide into my DMs on Instagram, at danbrophy, or you can just respond to any of those IGTV vlogs in the comment section with your own question, and I'm going to use that as inspiration for something to answer in an upcoming episode. I will respond to every single message that you send me, so it will not go unseen and it will not go unanswered. Also, if you find anything in that vlog that you find inspiring or anything in this podcast that you find inspiring, the best thing you can do is share it with someone who may find it inspiring also. Please enjoy my chat with Mike Campbell, Man Coach. Well, I love to start by asking people, when someone says to you, hey, what do you do? Hmm. What do you tell them? <laughs> um... It does depend a little bit on the context, perhaps, of the situation, right? But for the most part, what I say is I'm a men's coach, I'm an author, uh, a presenter, and um, as a men's coach, what do I do? Like Fundamentally, I work with men who have perhaps been cruising a little bit in life, um, guys that are, are, are wanting more, realizing there's more potential in them, but not quite sure how to access it. And what I do is I help those men to be honest with themselves, to face and own and overcome their shit and actually start getting what they want from life, uh, relationships, career, without the guilt, without the hang-ups. And do you find that most, I mean, do the guys who come to you, are they, is it the same, uh, is it guys from all different walks of life or does a certain type of gentleman vibrate Mm -hmm. towards you? So I suppose yes and no, right? Like um, I think often perhaps what comes with that question is like, you know, is it guys that are in corporate or, or something like that, right? And so perhaps what my guys, you know, get out of bed and go and do each day, that, that differs a lot. But there's definitely a lot of similarities. And so the best way I can kind of explain it, Dan, is um, on a spectrum of personal development, right? If at one end we had, say, Tony Robbins and at the other end we had, say, Homer Simpson right? My guys are smack bang in the middle and just either side. So, you know, they are not quite doing anything yet, but maybe they're working out. Maybe they're working on themselves physically, but realizing there's a little bit more. They're starting to ask questions, but not quite sure. Or they're through to, you know, they're, they're doing some stuff, but they've reached a bit of a ceiling and they're not quite sure the next steps, that kind of thing. So, so the similarities are in getting a bit curious with what's next, what else is out there for them. Um, and the other, um, I suppose, big element is that when it comes to, to men doing work, there's a couple of, again, on a spectrum, a couple of things that I see really, really common out there. There's the stuff that's kind of very, very like alpha, right? It's very much hyper-masculine type stuff. And then at the other end of the spectrum, there's a very kind of spiritual, woo-woo, fluffy, as I call it, less accessible um, to the guys that I'm talking about. And, and so my guys don't really resonate with either that kind of alpha or new age. They resonate with that integration more in the middle. So that's kind of the and, similarities. Yeah, that, and, and, mm. and when, well, I suppose we'll, we'll talk to how they find you maybe when I get a little bit more into you know, the sort of work that you do and, and how you mm-hmm. sort of market it. But mm-hmm. uh, were you always working in this space? Is that something you've, you set out to do when you were studying? Uh, no, it's the simple <laughs> answer to that. And, and I suppose like the, the extended answer to, you know, what do I do, right, is, is kind of all in that story. So I um, studied physical education at university. So I got a physical education degree. And, uh, but I was, I was at that point in my life kind of almost the dude that I now work with, pretty much floating, just kind of, you know, one day to the next, one experience, one, one you know, um, night out with my friends to the next and so on. And so I thought, okay, I've got this degree. I could basically most guys at this this time, it's like 2004, right? And so like anyone who became a personal trainer, this is in New Zealand at the time, almost had done a, a physical education degree. It's very different to now. Half the people in my degree went into teacher's college and, and half became personal trainers. And I was like, the human body's fascinating, so I'll give this a crack. But what I soon found was, oh, I'm working with human behavior. I have to try and facilitate change in these people. They say they want this thing. They don't really do the work. How do we make that happen? So my natural curiosity really went down the rabbit hole of trying to figure that out. And over you know, 10, 12 years of doing that, somewhat unconsciously changing my process to, to attack the problems that I was confronted with, and then starting to look at it, I found I'm working with men all the time, mostly in the bracket of kind of 25 to 45, 
physically they're not where they want to be, mentally they're not where they want to be, and they're confronted with a, a bunch of confusing information when they want to try and change. And so my um, process had been to, to you know, so- solve that essentially for them. And, and so when I brought some awareness to it, I thought, huh, isn't that interesting? I'm working on behavior change and, and fundamentally helping men across the board in their life. And so that's what really sent me down the avenue of why is this happening for men? What am I currently doing um, to, to support that? And, and what can I continue to do? So it was around about 2012 that I took a big pivot and consciously becoming, you know, what I obviously now call myself as a, a man coach or a men's coach and helping men to actually address the shit that's beneath the surface and um, the stuff that will fundamentally change their life instead of kind of um, taking that band-aid approach, uh, you know, to the symptoms, I suppose. And so, because I feel like the idea of coaching and, and working with a coach and, and um, uh you know, that, that sort of modality feels mm-hmm. like it has become more of an option for a lot of people mm-hmm. only in the last mm-hmm. couple of years. But, you know, 2012, yeah. that's sort of seven years ago. Um, yeah. Was that, a, was that a, a new terrain for you to explore at that point? It, yes, it was. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't, right? Because I was working with people uh, who were coming to me with some kind of problem or issue or challenge or pain. And I was, you know asking questions and digging in and, and getting curious and facilitating change. So, so it wasn't new in that sense, but it was in the, the, I suppose, the type of conversations we were having, the type of problems we were digging into, and then, you know, really some of the, the solutions and modalities that, we started, that I started to, to switch into. So, um, yeah, at the time, you know, was there t- lots of people doing that? No, like definitely, of course, right, but not specifically with men. And there still isn't to a large degree. You know, there is like coaches are a dime a dozen. You know, just check Instagram. I'm pretty sure if you go, if you hashtag coaching, you, you won't be short of content to look at. But um, in the world of men specifically helping men understand themselves, understand who they are, understand what it means to be a man, and then fundamentally kind of find your place in the world, um, that I think is still not really being executed um, and a, and a broad, broad scale, I've got plenty of colleagues and, and, and guys that I, you know, peers that I work with and so on. But, um, you know, that, that was the big shift that I, don't, I don't think still has been adequately filled. Well, when you um, first, when it first became apparent to you that this was a, a road to go down, mm. was, did you have any resistance sometimes when an idea mm. becomes presented to you and almost like someone else could see mm. it much more easily than you could and mm. sometimes there is a bit of skirting around what was mm. that process like when you were making the transition because there is a i mean if you if you were speaking if you, if you were your target market today mm. seven or eight years ago mm. um that the journey towards the more esoteric stuff might have been faced with, with resistance from you maybe even into going mm. uh, you know either who am i to do this or you know yeah. I, I'm, I'm not tony robbins or, mm. or or did you just take to it really easily <laughs> no it's a great question so yes there was resistance right and so um this was th- through a period of my life where i was um, you know clearly um, asking a lot of questions and figuring things out right so i it was a, it was a you know the big big backstory is um you know, some fundamental change in my life, moving back to Australia from overseas, an engagement breaking up, my mother being very, very ill um, with cancer and, and kind of passing away and, and all of these things like forcing me to really, you know, look within and ask questions and do work on myself. And so I was in that mode. And so I joined um, what you would call like a business uh, accelerator for entrepreneurs. And so it was both in my life Personally, you know, with my partner at the time who we were kind of just forming a relationship and she was very instrumental in facilitating a lot of these questions, but then in this program as well, because it was like concentrated question, 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 you know, digging into this stuff. So that's where I came up with a lot of this awareness, but also a lot of the resistance. And so, as you said, other people could see it because I'd be sitting in a room with 50 entrepreneurs and mentors and they'd be like, this, this is the thing, Mike. And I'd be like, oh, okay, you know, so there was a little <laughs> bit of resistance there, right? Um, you know, you need to be the voice of me in that, this kind of language, which is like, uh, uh, uh. and so like lots of things, but fundamentally that kind of voice that you just said, which is like, who am I to do that? Right. And one of the things that there was, it was a process for sure. One of the things that, um, helped anchor that for me was when I really started to dive into it and look at, you know, 
fundamentally, why as men are we in this place where generally we're not really that satisfied? You know, there's more to it, but let's go really general on it. That's when I started looking at things like life satisfaction and, and, and job satisfaction and, and mental illness, you know, suicide uh, rates in Australia, astronomical. Like at the time, it was six people a day take their own lives, five of them being men. Um, you know, depression, anxiety and suicide being highest um, across all spectrums in men 15 to 44. Like these kind of stats were, were hitting me in the face and I was like, holy shit, something has to be done, right? So. So not being able to ignore that kind of uh, information and then, you know, realizing that I'd seen this kind of stuff and conversations everywhere with my friends and my own life, um, you know, and a lack of clarity, lack of direction, but also, you know, in, in my clients and, and so on. Um, and then I started writing a book, which was initially a part of this course. And so my book is called Unleash Your Alpha. And for me, that was when I decided, okay, what I think we need is to claim back that word to what it originally meant, which was quite simply a leader. Someone who leads by example, who picks others up, not puts them down. Um, as opposed to this you know, very kind of douchey and detrimental definition that it, it has taken. And so that was you know, where that idea went to. But then in the idea of writing a book, that little voice who am I to, you know, write a book? Who am I to? Because obviously a book is something physical. It's very real. You put it out into the world, ready to be judged. And so I had a mentor at the time and a writing coach. And, and quite simply, he said something to me, which I've used many times for myself and others since then. And with the idea of writing a book and that thought, who am I to write a book? He quite simply said, you know, with, with the knowledge that you have, with the awareness that you now have and are continuing, right, with the solutions and the information, the experience, and who are you to not write this book? Hmm. And that really hit me. I still remember, you know, sitting in the room that day, and I, and I was like, holy shit, you know, that's right. With all of this information that I now know and the things that I've seen and, and so on and so on, um, who am I to not bring this to life and to take this path? That would be entirely selfish of me to stay small and you know basically hide behind my own shit uh, and so you know i saw a real responsibility for me to step in and um you know do what i can to be part of this change um and then almost the next level of that was like okay is this happening in australia uh, maybe i have to you know i have to fucking lead this change because i realized a real fire in me to make a difference with this so that was kind of the process um yeah, <laughs> from doubt to conviction, well, I suppose. And also, I mean, I love when there is a big shift that takes place and it sounds like the accelerator course almost gave you a, a space that allowed, that facilitated thinking mm. beyond mm. Your, the, the previous self-imposed limitations. But mm. what, was, what was the, um, was there a, a catalyst to even pursuing the accelerator course in the first place? I feel like once you're there and you're mm. financially and, and uh, you know, um, you know, energetically invested by doing something mm. like a course, it, it is, does give you a, a good excuse to, to get active. But what was the mm. step prior to that that made you think, oh, I, uh, or even that journey from thinking like you were just going to go into regular personal training into thinking what was beyond? Yeah, well, I mean, again, like I, I kind of in part covered it before, right? Just like actually myself going through a bit of change and starting to really question, you know, like who I was, you know, what I valued, what I gave a shit about, what I was good at, right? So yes, I've been a personal trainer, and I think, um, you know, there's this, there's this word that sometimes feels dirty, which is just a personal trainer, right? And, that, and that's what it felt like at that point. And so, you know, the question that you asked to start this conversation, what do you do? It was kind of like, uh, it doesn't really feel like that's what I do. I do a lot more than just, you know, personally train people, right? I work mm. with men in a very hard, so, so that kind of was like, okay. And then, as I said, like Nadia, my now wife, um, we were personal trainers at the same gym and, and we started, you know, a, a really solid friendship and that soon uh, took an, another depth <laughs> and um, she needed, when that was forming, you know, she needed from her side to, to test who is this guy, what does he stand for, what's he about and, and also as a woman who's, who's very strong and very strong world and minded and also quite... Um, easily leans towards being her masculine you know if she was going to start a relationship with someone she needed to know that this was someone who was strong enough to 
allow her to soften and to be able to handle her. And so, you know, those little conscious and unconscious tests kind of came out in, you know, inviting me to step forward. And so that process was what really led me into like figuring myself out and, and kind of going down that avenue to the point that she said, hey, babe, we're going to go to this um, event on, you know, whatever date. It's about like, you know, business and entrepreneurship or whatever. I think you'd really like it. And I was like, okay. And the reason I could say, yeah, okay, I'm in was because of all of that that had led to it. You know, if you'd asked Mike from two years prior, perhaps, I would have been like, ah, oh, yeah, I don't know. You know, whatever, right? So, so it was kind of those, those um, different elements. One, personal inquiry. Two, you know, my partner at the time being instrumental and in, in calling me forward to that. Uh, but then obviously me, you know, answering that call, I suppose, and stepping into it. Yeah, well, very, <laughs> very um, hero's journey. <laughs> right. Um, so is um, at the, the point at which you uh, emerged from that experience and well, even actually the, the writing of a book is such a, a dream for so many people, even if those who are ready to step into the idea of, of, mm. um, of, of taking on that challenge. But in the practical sense, it's really hard to find the time and the focus to write a book. Did you, was that challenging and how did you... I imagine that you didn't cease all other work in order to yeah. dedicate your life to that, or, or did you? Yeah, well, like, a little bit of everything, really. So, so you know, as I said, like, the book was kind of in part um, part of the the, um, the program that I was going through. And so the idea was what, you know, fundamentally works for almost anything, right? A challenge, group element, accountability, deadlines, you know, so on. So it was a 30,000 word challenge in 30 days right so a thousand words a day was the kind of the the the, um initiator if you will and so yeah i was still running my business i was starting to shift my my um you know personal training kind of one-on-one model let's say to to a, a coaching program model um and so part of writing the book was well i'm going to run some case studies let's put some dudes I, I do this so let's put some legit like dudes through it for the writing of the book so that also and the writing of the book facilitated creating the program um, and then the change in my business. So, so it, it helped facilitate that as well, I suppose. Uh, and so, and where, where did you... Where, oh, sorry, continue. No, well, sorry, I was going to say, so, so across that 30 days was when I really hit it. And so what I had to do was prioritize the time, quite simply, right? Um, so I went um, you know, quite hard on that and I ended up writing about 60,000 words in that 30 days. Um, Part of that was because, you know, obviously I prioritized it and I'd already bought in by saying, who am I to not write this book and so on. And part of it was because I knew that I couldn't edit. I just needed to write and write and write and write and write, you know, and just get anything down that could then be whittled away to to edit and so on, right? So it was hard. I did that in another maybe week or two. And then it became quite a large, you know, first draft, let's call it, um, that needed to be, you know, chipped away at. But I put it away for a while because, yes, certain things had been put to the side a little bit. I did realize, okay, I need to focus on changing this business and creating this program and so on. And, you know, when you've got this great big manuscript that you know has to be cut down potentially in half, that, that was a big mountain. It almost seemed bigger than sitting down to write the content to start with. Um, so it got parked for about six months or so, essentially. How long does it take to write a thousand words? <laughs> um, look, that varied, you know, but the, the first thing to, to writing it was creating, you know, like the book pitch, getting the synopsis together and then mind mapping. So that was like crucial. Essentially like, okay, what are, what are all the things that I'm going to talk about here, right? And so like basically mind mapping all of the chapters you know introduction this is the basic things that i'm going to cover okay what are the problems that we're going to cover these things bang and then mind map off that right so all of a sudden you've got like chapter one problem one and then it's like the three points on that problem and da 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 you know the three examples and so once that mind map's there and of course it takes an investment of time to do that um i don't want to i don't want to like oversell it but it's it's almost written do you know what i mean because then when you sit down to write it's like i'm going to write that you know, bubble chain of that mind map. Great. You know, I've, I've basically got what I'm going to versus sitting down the blank page and going, all right, what shall I write today? I think that would take a lot longer. So, so for me, when I got to that point, you know, it was possibly 45 minutes to an hour maybe for, for a thousand words. 
um, to, to two hours, you know, perhaps on a slow day or something. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, all of the, the books I've ever read, read about uh, writing always suggest that, that having a framework, mm. I mean, is, is the best way to cut through the, the potential of, of writer's block because mm. writer's block is not about not knowing where the story can go next, but almost having too many options as to mm. where the story can go next. Yeah, and, and so, I think if I was writing also, fiction, it would be a totally different story. I wouldn't know where to go. But for something, you know, that's more factual and so on, that, that was a very effective process, yeah. And so... Um, did you, uh, when, when you started to build your roster of clients and you started to put yourself out there mm-hmm. as someone who was going to work with men in this way, uh, was, it, uh, was there another, was that another barrier or hurdle you had to pass through in terms of how you could sit in front of someone and work with them in, in such an intimate way? Um, yes, on a couple of levels, I suppose. So, so, so one, I think the first fundamental one is basically, as we discussed before, like my own block. Right, or blocks, series of, um, collection of, you know, how's this going to happen? Like, do guys, you know, are they going to respond to this? Like, whatever those little questions and, and stories perhaps were, that, that was a big um, uh, thing, which was ongoing. Like, for sure it was ongoing. Um, and then there was the legit, like, okay, so what is actually going to land with the men that need this work? Like, how am I actually going to talk to them, right? So the blocks of, like, what is actually going to do the job? Um, because you know, one of the things that I've learned over the years, <laughs> um, which might seem obvious, but you know, it's pretty hard to tell a guy what to do. And if you're going to, you know, see a dude who's in this situation and go, dude, you, you know, like essentially, you need to fucking sort your shit out. Like, uh, no, <laughs> right? It's not going to work. Um, so, so. Uh, that's a really obvious example of it, but but it was like, how do we actually facilitate to get a guy sitting in front of me or on the phone or whatever the, the content uh, context may be? So um, there was those two aspects, and in part, you know, like one kind of fed to the other. Um, you know, the more uh, trouble or perhaps resistance I might have found out there, you know, let's call it in the marketplace. Um, the easier that would be to then perhaps build some of those inner doubts and going, oh, maybe I'm not the person for this or, or, or what have you, right? So, um, you know, there was, there was a fair bit of that uh, over time. But I'm also someone, Dan, who's very determined. Um, and um, I'm also willing to, you know, have a crack and learn along the way. So that was a very big part of me going, all right, well, this is what my program is right now, I'm going to start this and then, you know, we'll evolve it and grow it and, and, and see how it goes um, and learn and keep changing and updating and so on. Um, so that that approach, I suppose, you know, allowed me a little bit of leeway because, of course, if I tried to get things perfect to start with, um, I would never have started. Because it's funny because even though you almost had uh, so much so many signs from the universe that this was a great path to be on and you were surrounded by people in that the um, immersive group who were supporting you and you had your partner who was providing you with great framework for you to map your journey and then you know you've you had done so much work I, I it's so interesting that there's always almost like a voice that comes with us the whole time that's just ready to bail at any moment it's like mm. see i told you this is a terrible idea i'm out mm. and so it's a it, it's, it's i love the idea that, that you really have to negotiate with that that sensor or that part of you that is experiencing resistance yeah yeah absolutely continuously and <laughs> uh yeah because and so it's that, i mean you... that is super common for all of us right and it's a lot of the work that i end up doing now it's like most men like there's there's all sorts of stuff going on right and and you know, one of the things I said is like, uh, you know, uh, uh, help men in being honest with themselves and facing the shit because fundamentally we're not a lot of the time. Um, and, and really why we don't have the things or, or the relationships or, or be experiencing what we want is because there's this big fear of judgment of what other people think. It holds us back from so much shit. And so all of that stuff will always come up, right? We, we have some realizations, we make some change, but then there's that pattern, that, that little voice is still in there, right? So all of that stuff is, is so common for all of us. And then fundamentally, like based on our experiences and so on, but fundamentally as humans, um, like we evolved to be lazy and find the path of least resistance, right? Like energy conservation and survival was pretty fundamental for human evolution. So I think those things are always going to be deeply ingrained and they're always going to be there. And what I find a lot of guys end up doing is um, 
again, we just live life on the surface. We don't question things deep enough. So we set these high expectations. We don't meet them because of any number of things that definitely require investigation. And then we beat ourselves up for it versus going, well, this is part of it. Like, of course, I can't do everything. Right? I'm not Superman. So how do I navigate this? Right? And so I think that takes a level of awareness to, to you know, not be complacent, but also not just drive yourself into the ground and not actually get anywhere. And so for me, that was, a, you know, an important part of my own process and journey, I suppose. Yeah, was there a part of the experience that was almost giving yourself some coaching and some, uh, are you offering a framework to your clients that is similar to one that you have provided for yourself, but just a couple of chapters ago? Mm-hmm. Like, I suppose, like, fundamentally, yes. Um you know, things that I've been through and learnt and, and been through in terms of, uh, you know, as a student, definitely, but also things I've been through in terms of, like, experiences just in my life. Um, so, yeah, probably, probably a balance of everything. You know, I'm pulling from all different situations and learnings and, and mentors and, and, and so on. Um, having said wait, that... Wait. Sorry, finally on that one. Having said that, I'm, I'm very big on going first, right? Because a lot of the stuff that I'm asking men or inviting men to do is, you know, to step forward into courage and, and perhaps, you know, start having more vulnerable conversations even with themselves and that kind of thing. And so um, men respond very easily to, to examples and seeing, oh, I can do that too. And so I, I take it as a very um, solid responsibility that I need to go first, which also means, you know, I'm not going to give guys things to do that I haven't also been through myself. And also, uh, is there, I mean, when you make content, you know, there's your, your channels are really uh, full of very palatable, usable content that, that is almost like having a conversation with you. Do you have, when you're speaking into a camera or when you're writing a book or when you're sort of making content in any form, are you speaking to someone in particular or some type of 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 person that is your sort of go-to mm. uh, tone so like yes and no god i feel like i'm answering that all the time um it depends that's my more common answer to my coaching clients um sometimes very much so you know like i legit might have had a conversation with someone and i'm like holy shit this guy and plenty of guys like him need to hear this message right uh, and then other times, no, because I suppose um, I'm just generally aware of who my avatar is, right? And so um, I'm, you know, coming up with and seeing solutions to things that suit those men in general. So, so you know, like, in part, the, the specific man is my general avatar, but sometimes it's, yes, someone, and sometimes it's, it's, it's more general, I suppose. But, you know, I'm, I'm happy to hear the comment about my material because one of the things that I, I'm very big on and, and, and I think we need, which is, you know, that, that thing I speak to almost around like the, the super alpha and the, and the new age stuff is that men every day, especially everyday Australian and New Zealand men, we need this stuff to be accessible. We need it to be real and digestible. Um, and a lot of stuff is too flighty or it's like kind of just like spiritual positivity, which doesn't give us anything to do. And so, um, you know, I want guys to be aware, like build awareness and then take action on it. Because otherwise, like one of my new favorite terms is mental, mental masturbation. Like if I've just got all this information and I'm like liking, you know, quotes and shit on Instagram, but I don't do anything with it, it's pointless. So, so I very much want things to be real and grounded and accessible. Yeah. Well, also like the, the number one rule of marketing is, 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 is have an idea of the what's in it for me that your, that your customers thinking mm. and if you know you're appealing to a certain type of guy who who doesn't vibe and, and get energy out of super esoteric concepts mm. or, or things that do seem a bit too hard basket he doesn't want what you're what that is professing to give so instantly he's not um he's not going to have a an engagement with it or, or, or desire for it mm. but i think if you sort of speak the language of the people that you're engaging with but also present them with something that they've already decided that they want and i'm sure that by pursuing a journey of of self-discovery your wants continue to evolve but mm, mm, you yeah. have to be speaking to an actual want in the first place yeah absolutely right and so you know um, like it's obviously give them what they want and then deliver what they need kind of thing but at the same time like 
it's me. That, that's who I am. I'm that guy too, you know. So, um, you know, almost to the previous question. So, also the stuff, like I hope, I, I would assume for pretty much anyone who's sharing content um, via some channel, it's also for me. Like, if, it's absolutely also for me. You know, like if I do, do a post that says something like, you know, the time is never right, like take action now. I'm speaking to a bunch of dudes out there and I'm also speaking to myself because of course I need that message um, consistently as well. Yeah, I'm always coming up with something that I want to share because it's had some resonance with me and it also puts fuel in my fire because, you know, when you're completely impassioned by some some concept that day, you you want to bang a saucepan lid, you want to just, you know, scream it from the rooftops, you're like, how could you not, you know, everyone needs to know this thing. Yes, I can't believe you're making that mistake even though I was doing it just yesterday. (laughs) <laughs> totally and I'm going to profess extra hard just so that you know that I found the solution yes, today yes. Um, but I uh, when you were making that uh, journey into be- beginning to build content how did you decide because there's one thing that I think is uh, very uh, effective with the way that your content looks is that it's really simple it's monochromatic it's got a, a very simplistic straight i mean you don't have to spend much time you glance at your feed once and you can get a, a few of your values yep. really come at you from the aesthetic um did you have to experiment with that to find the right visuals that were that told your message uh yes i mean i don't think that side of things is a strong point for me at all um so like, you know, if I want to get some design work done, I find it a challenge to give the designer, let's say, um, really good, you know, information to work from. So, so I do find that to be a challenge. Um, so, you know, one of the easiest, I think, concepts anyway is like find what you like and then start to build off that, right? So like I have a really good friend and, and his feed was fairly simple, monochromatic, and I'm like, yeah, that looks really good. I resonate with that. Okay, well... Am I copying him? No, that, that's, you know, it's, it's not as though it's new to be monochromatic. <laughs> he didn't invent black exactly, and white. <laughs> right? um, but, you know, it was just a, like, oh, okay, that's, that's obvious. It's easy um, and, that, and that resonates and, and works for me and that's all of my branding has always been fairly like clean and simple. Um, so, so, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm, not too, I'm not too heavy on the, on the thinking on that level um, because I also want it to be simple for me as well, right, because that's where I'm at. <laughs> Yeah, did the because um, technology has consistently evolved in the years that you've been active mm. in that space. It's you know, 2012 Instagram was invented basically, or it became a public access. And the uh, actually no, I think it was maybe the year before, but you know, mm. 2012 was was when early adapters started to use Instagram. So you've been there in a really crucial, interesting time for 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 social and for people to be selling skills yeah. like yours in in that digital space. Were you? Did you feel like you were constantly upskilling to make the most of those opportunities, or was it a natural evolution into to using whatever platform you were you were exper- you were playing with in your personal life? Uh, yeah, I think um, initially there was a bit of upskilling, like more around Facebook specifically. Like I was a little bit of a, a later adopter to Instagram, and even like I think I took out Instagram maybe early twenty fourteen. Um, but I was pretty slow. That was a process where I didn't have, you know, much curation perhaps to things and, and was still finding all of that stuff. For me, like Instagram's really only been in the last kind of year, more specifically, like heavily the last six months of being super on it um, and finding the space and systems in my business. So that's been more of a, a general evolution um, with perhaps more specific conversations here and there around, uh, I suppose, upskilling. Um but yeah, I think, you know, like if you're not paying attention, right, all these platforms change so so quickly um, that if you're not paying attention, then you'll, you know, still be sharing, you know, memes that were popular <laughs> on Facebook in 2013 or something, right? So, so there, there has to be... you're a MySpace Exactly, page. right? So there has to be, yeah, an evolution, but um, I don't think I'm up to speed like you know i think there's definitely people that are well up to speed with with where things are and how they're going um so i could be on the good thing is your target market your your target market isn't the most finger on the pulse demographic so you've got a little bit of time to catch up if a new thing comes comes through exactly Um, so when you started to put yourself out there as a coach and you were um who were your first clients 
So, uh, well, I mean, and essentially my first clients were, were guys that had come through um, the, the side of PT. And so like, you know, like where I was at that time, right, from personal trainer to the shift, um, what I saw, and I still see as a valid, um, I suppose, avenue, but what I saw as a, a really solid avenue still was, okay, so, so where are a lot of these guys at in terms of level of awareness? Well, the physical is one of the areas that most guys would allow themselves to do some kind of work on themselves, right? And many reasons why, and we can get into you know a big conversation about it, but it's simply that it gives us the more immediate like response, gratification, and, and usually external validation, which is where we are. We're in that place of seeking external validation. So um, for me, it was like, uh, well, then I'm going to continue to offer that. And from that, you know, give them what they want and deliver what they need, we can start getting into, okay, so, so you know, okay, so you want to get lean and you want to get abs. Like, okay, well, like fundamentally, what's that really about, right? Oh, okay, so it's about like feeling confident and all this stuff. So that was still the avenue. And that was also what my book was about. You know, we, we certainly got into, you know, what it means to be a man and all this stuff facing men across the board. But um, a, a five-step process was very much around mindset, but also still looking at nutrition and training and, and big lifestyle factors. So where the guys came from was still, you know, in that world of, hey, I think I want this physical change. It was like, cool, we can work on that, but let's also scratch below the surface and see what's really there. So that, that, was, that was kind of it, really. So that was a pre-existing uh, physical tra- uh, personal training yeah. client that was really about the physical that you then, were, uh, were you sort of, did you sort of offer these additional layers well so then I, the I kind of went you know like I'm for, I formed a, a, a coaching program it was like a 16 week program I was like this is what my program is so like if you want to work with me this is what it is right uh, you know and, and starting to sell on the result which was you know like tapping into how they want to feel and what they want to experience and so on and, and so enrolling them you know based on like where they're at and where they want it to be um, with training being part of it, you know, when you got into the details, what do we actually deliver? Uh, and there's also going to be other stuff where we dig into, like, you know, understanding yourself and, and so on, right? Um, so then how do they find me was, like, in some part still, you know, via that gym avenue. But then when I started to go um, online and write, share my content and, and, and actually, you know, get onto social media and stuff, there was still stuff that I was sharing that was around the physical realm. Uh, but then also d- diving into some of the other, you know, let's call it broadly mindset stuff as well. So that, you know, that all of a sudden the online and off world, on off, offline world started to also provide, um, uh, you know, interest, I suppose, and, and guys coming into that um, funnel. Is there, is there a process of feeling out with a new client as to just how open they are to pushing the boundaries towards the more esoteric stuff? Um, so, yeah, so like back then, you know, it was very, very different now, sometimes. So, you know, like I said, right, my guys are kind of either side of middle. So there's guys that, that have come into my program that have, you know, done a lot more, you know, work, maybe spiritual type work. Um, but I don't really take them there. In my, so my program now is the School of Personal Mastery. And, and so I don't really take guys there in, in SPM and the School of Personal Mastery. Um, however... You know, there's always obviously room to, to, to go somewhere specific for an individual, right? Um, having said that, it's all relative, right? So I'm pretty sure it's, I'm so in it that it's probably hard for me to say right now, but I'm pretty sure a lot of the stuff that we might talk about and do might be considered as very esoteric, but, you know, I, I think I have a knack of, of making things a bit more grounded and, and, and um, accessible for, you know, those everyday guys. I work with a coach and, and I could tell that he was used to having to kind of tone it down mm. or keep it really, you know, um, on the level. Yeah. And I was always just kind of go, just so you know, like you can just give, give it to me. Like, just give me all you got. <laughs> yeah, you can go way <laughs> out there. I, I, I want the, you know, the post ayahuasca journey <laughs> version of this storyline. Okay, cool. So um, no, so I, no, I'm not going to the post um, ayahuasca level. Um, with my guys for the most part but you know you kind of said this before and, and this is something that I see is really really important one I work with the guys that I really resonate with and, and that's these more everyday men um, mm. who perhaps might not have done anything like this before 
or you know haven't really looked at how they show up in the world and and you know if we go all the way into you know like uh, are they you know in a culture that is you know demeaning to women and, and all this kind of stuff and so I consider my job to be a very important one, which is starting some different conversations and, and inviting men to show up differently in the world and you know, look at how they communicate and navigate relationships and so on differently, which can fundamentally change their world and then send them on a path of who knows where. And that might send them you know, to Peru on a, on a journey, um, but, but I'm the first step and a, and a very like, you know, important and, and can, can be hugely significant first step. Um, but then where they take it is up to them and that's what we want to facilitate is figuring out what the hell they want and who they are and you know, then they might go down that journey for sure. Because I think that that's really, even, that, that's even more crucial because you're, you're not preaching to the choir, you're actually speaking to the people that, that kind of need it the most. And they, they sort of do need that medium who's got one foot in mm-hmm. the version of life that they want to be living mm-hmm. and also but also needs to have a foot firmly anchored in the their, their current reality which is the reason why they trust you in the first place mm. um, well in, in terms of how you have grown your offering you know first you start that I mean, a book is usually something that people come around to much later in their journey. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that it, it actually allowed for, um, you know, for you to develop your modality through the mm-hmm. writing of a book, which is sort of something I'm experimenting with at the moment. But as you've, as you've gone, how has your, your client work one-on-one infused the sort of uh, the, the different platforms that you're sharing ideas on? We talked a little bit about the fact that you... you, you do share information mm. on Instagram, which is video, videographic. There's lots of lots of chat to camera um, in your mm. stories and on your feed, and there's lots of um, clearly clearly um, spelled out sort of ideas in bite-sized sort of text boxes. But have you played in the other forms as to how you share information and ideas? Um, so I mean, like fundamentally, early on, what I uh, came to, I suppose, in the realization was that like. You know, one-on-one, the conversations I was having with people and also that I was working with, you know, great, man, we could do some amazing stuff. But I soon learned that, like, when men start to to get together around this stuff and get past some of the shit that blocks us, um, like, asking for help and working on things together, whoa, like, it totally changes. And so one of the biggest avenues for me is a group environment, right? And so my coaching program is is a group program. Beyond the Beers, which is live events that I run, obviously, for groups um, of men. And so I have found that to be incredibly important. Obviously, with things like social media and stuff, you know, it's different. It's, it's me speaking to um, an individual, perhaps. Um, but, but, but I've found for men, like the group side of it is like fundamentally community. And, and obviously, we ran an event recently that you were at. Um, community... I think is one of the things that men don't realize they were missing until they get it. Mm. Um, and because, you know, we've learned so many things, like this was the kind of thing, you know, to hark back to the start that I was really, really um, learning and, and, and seeing everywhere early on in this journey of mine was, man, we have learned a very narrow picture of what it means to be a man. You know, it is basically like, Harden up, toughen up, don't cry, don't be a pussy. Very, very simple kind of, okay, so to be a man is to be strong and tough and never ask for help and never show weakness or emotion and do everything yourself. So what happens? We do that. We hide who we truly are. We try and perform this version of masculinity you think we're supposed to be. And we suffer in silence, keeping everything in. That gets masquerade as kind of resilience and self-efficacy but like it generally isn't that we really really gray the lines there so for me when men can learn to like share and be in it together um that is the most powerful avenue that i have seen for change uh, because one when you realize oh shit it's not just me two oh the world didn't end that i like showed up and perhaps asked for help or, or you know got some advice or whatever different perspective and oh man it's like so much easier holy shit this is oh and accountability wow okay guys giving me feedback like shit all of a sudden i'm getting stuff done right so there's so much to it so i just think the group side of it for men is is so so huge when it comes to to like actually making change regardless of really what we're talking about yeah it seems like um 
there is something that happens with, I mean, a friend of mine started to run a, a fortnightly men's group in the last couple of months. And, and when we arrived on day one, of the 15 guys that were there, we all went around and described sort of who we were, what we were about, why we were there. And I reckon 12 out of the 15 all said, I'm here because I don't have any friends. Mm. Or I'm here because I don't have any male, male friends mm. in particular. And uh, there was something that I was thinking how, I mean, I, it really made me want to value and cultivate and take really mm. good care of my, my friendships. I, I didn't feel that, that was something that was really lacking yep. for me, but it was so obvious mm. to me that, that, that this is something, because the, the gentlemen in the group I, were ranging, ranging between mid-20s to mid-50s. And I suppose if work and family and, and, or your partner and kids and, uh, takes up all of your time, you probably don't think to prioritize friendships and maybe you just sort of fill in the mm. gaps with um, meaning, like less meaningful kind of pub interactions yep. and things that don't really allow you to exchange in a more meaningful Absolutely. way. Absolutely, right. And, and like, so beyond the beers, which, you know, I just mentioned earlier, for me, it was very much around that. It was a marketing question. It was, how do I actually talk to these men? Like I said before, right? Uh, you can't just say to them, sort your shit out, dude. It was like, we're not talking about the stuff that matters. And we're not having conversations that go beneath the surface. And we're not having the conversation with our boss around what's going on and where we're not, you know, enjoying work or where we don't feel valued and, and, and with our partner around like whatever it is or we meet with our friends and we talk shit or we don't have friends to even do that and so for me beyond the beers was around um, bringing men together to be able to go beneath the surface um, but also knowing that for the men who just you know catch up and have a few beers and talk shit and talk about women and sport and gaming and whatever there's also the guys that don't have that at all and it's so important that we have that and we've lost it largely as a society. Um, and so, you know, I really want to be able to facilitate that um, because it's huge. It really is. Um, and it's something that I'm incredibly passionate about. I see kickback um, in the world around, you know, men, uh, why do men need spaces and safe spaces? And I just think, fuck, man, you're missing the point. It's not, it's not trying, it's actually about supporting men to show up to understand themselves and what's going on for them. Um, and so, you know, what's happening in that men's group of yours is just beautiful because all of a sudden these men have other dudes that they can connect with and be seen and feel heard and feel significant and get shit off their chest and ultimately navigate their lives more effectively. And, and therefore making them more available to to their Absolutely. kids, to their wives, to yep. their girlfriends, to the, you know, mm. I feel like there's something that you maybe touched on that made it sounded like if people are resistant to the idea of men having safe spaces because they think, well, haven't men got mm. enough mm. or haven't they, um, aren't they, aren't they haven't got enough mm. power and occupants over life. But the, I think the idea is it's not, it clearly isn't working mm. <laughs> because something's very yeah. dysfunctional in, in, you know, for men in general in society. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. it is probably about addressing the type of spaces that they're holding and how they're using Absolutely. them and what the engagement Exactly is. right. And so like Beyond the Beer is um, fundamentally a, a men's only events. The, the one that we ran in Sydney the other week, the, the, the brief evening event, was the first time that we had women in there. And so that's always been a conversation around the Beyond the Beers events. And yeah, like if we were getting together in a room and having beers and talking shit and like, you know, being fucking wankers and detrimental and, and degrading to women and, and whatever, no. But that's not what it's about. It's about actually being honest. And the kind of conversations that you see men share in these events and, and spaces like men's groups and so on um, is huge. It's education. Uh, sorry, it's educational. It's empowering. Um, and it's so needed. So they can be the partner, the husband, the father, you know, the son, the, the boss, the, the whatever their roles are. Um, yeah, absolutely. Has, the, has your understanding of the work that you're doing how has it evolved as you've done it is the is the job that you signed up to do in 2012 the same as the job you find yourself doing in 2019 uh, yeah no it's definitely different and <laughs> it's definitely evolved um and it will continue to evolve you know as my level of awareness and skill set and all that kind of stuff i have no doubt that that, that will evolve um like i think one of the fundamental roles that i have the way i see it is I, to provide men, which sounds ridiculous, I think, to provide men with the permission to 
try a different way of being, right? To have conversations that go beneath the surface, to actually give a shit about themselves and prioritize themselves in order to like become who they can become and show up in their lives how they need to, right? As a father, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it's giving permission because a lot of men, and, and you know, so the simple um, rhetoric is, as you kind of said, men have had it, you know, so good for so long and all that kind of stuff. But like fundamentally, like if you take the average man who is married perhaps with a couple of kids, he wants nothing more at his soul level to provide for those people, to look after them, make sure they are safe and happy and free of worries. That's what he wants. But unfortunately, we've learned a whole bunch of like things, beliefs and, and ways of being that just kind of get in the way of that. Um, so if he can kind of get back to that, then it's super, super important. Um, but what he generally does is he goes, well, then I just need to do that in the only way I know possible, which is work my ass into the ground to provide for my family. And so I come last at all times. And so giving guys permission to go, you know what, man, if you want to do that, then you have to also be able to look after yourself. Because like when you suffer, everyone you give a shit about suffers. So it's okay to actually step into that space and, you know, do a little bit of work on yourself. And at the same time, if one of the reasons you're not doing that is because you're hiding behind a bunch of shit that you don't want to face, dude, you've got to do that. And here's some permission via me and a bunch of other men who are also in the same place. And you know what? It's not that hard. So, so I see that as a very important role, something that I wasn't really aware of, you know, six, seven years ago, I suppose, on that level. And I, do you think that you might explore any new platforms for how you'd like to share ideas? Um, in what sense? Well, I, I, I love the way that the exploration has taken you so far into mm. the book, into the mm. physical space in terms of the group dynamic and the, the workshop. Um, the, does the, do you, uh, for example, are you interested in, any, in, in packaging any of these ideas in like a, an, mm-hmm. an e-course sense or, or other ways in which that, that might be able mm. to be shared? Yeah, so I just wanted to clarify, by the way. Um, well, like, yes, essentially, you know, like, I mean, you know, how I deliver most of my um, content, I suppose, is through my, my online um, coaching platform, right? So, that, so that's certainly on that sense. And then, you know, I have other little things that are, that are above that and easier and more digestible formats like webinars and, and so on. Um, you know, the events are very big for me because I love now speaking um and getting out in front of men and sharing this stuff and facilitating conversations so so that avenue i think is really really powerful so i think continuing to evolve myself as a presenter and a speaker and being able to perhaps package it in different ways um you know beyond the beer started as a show which is similar to this in format where um i didn't want to just do a podcast i wanted to do a visual show where men can see two other men who they can relate to having a conversation that goes beneath the surface because I, I know the immense power in also seeing men do it because it clicks something in our brain that says, that's not that hard, I could do that too. Um, because a lot of us are very well, visual. Yeah, monkey see, mo- yeah, monkey see, monkey do. You know, we're, we're exactly. primates. We need to be able to, to see it, to be able exactly. to believe and it. So look, that's something that we've kind of, um, you know, down prioritized a little bit um but i would like to get back into that format a little bit because again i just see one you know the power in it and two i enjoy having those kind of conversations so um it's kind of like why not so what, what was that that was was that originally uh, like a youtube yes. series How, yeah so we've got about 12 um or so episodes some reasonably recent ones like last year um on beyond the beers and so how it started was like i went right i'm going to make this thing what should i do uh, maybe I'll do a, a, a crowdfunding. So I crowdfunded like essentially a first series. I was like, I'm going to do six episodes um, and, you know, a seated conversation and we'll see how it goes. Like, I don't really know what I'm doing, so let's just run it. And, um, you know, as you know, right, getting eyeballs is also a challenge, right? There's so mm-hmm. much like competition for our attention that podcasts are easier to um, consume in different avenues, you know, driving, etc. So without really having that expertise, um, we did six or seven episodes to start with and it was like, okay, cool, let's go back to the drawing board and say like, did it work? You know, did people like to consume it? Could it look differently? All that kind of stuff. 
Um, so we did a little bit of an assessment on that and then I had the opportunity to do like about another four or five interviews so I just did them so we got them out as well so there's some great conversations out there and I would love to do more of them but you know I think one of the things for us in terms of a business and beyond the beers is like how do we make that grow well I could do more interviews um, but fundamentally I want these things to, to get in front of a lot of eyeballs so for me at the moment it's more about partnering with brands that really want to get behind the message and um, you know bring resources on some level to expanding um, to normal, everyday, and relatable, but also like you know, men who've got shit to offer, um, you know, out to the world of everyday Australian men to start with, but of course globally as well. I mean, that's a really interesting idea because a lot of the time people do think, "I'd love to make a podcast. I'd love to make a YouTube series. I'd love to." And sometimes it's hard enough just getting your head around the technical aspects of how to make the thing. But actually making the thing and then having some talent to market it and to make sure it reaches the, the, the target market is a whole nother skill set which you then have to develop sometimes in tandem with yeah. the, 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 the making of the product in the first place. And interesting, the idea of partnering mm. with brands because I think that's what a lot of people need to sort of start thinking in terms of to amplify their message once they are really mm. excited about yes. what they have to share is um, is a, is playing in that space. What, for those that are really new to thinking in those terms, what does mm. that mean? In terms of partnering with brands or the whole thing? Yeah, and or in terms of partnering with brands, in terms of um, you know using a, a, a brand's um, yeah. platform yeah. or or uh, you know um, I suppose mm. reach in order to access the audience. Yeah, so I think you know this is something that I learned a long time ago, which is like. You know, if you've got something to offer and perhaps you don't have anyone to, to offer it to, then who does? Someone is speaking to who you want to speak to. So start having some conversations that at a very basic level, right? Um, and, and so that's kind of it. It's like, who's also talking to the men that I talk to? Uh, we don't have perhaps a clash of interests. Um, in fact, you know, we, we share interests and in, 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 in a purpose in, in supporting these men um, in some way. And there can be a win-win for everyone, right? They can, let's go very simple, can distribute it to their audience. Um, they get content. They, they get associated with something that's really good and, and, and valuable and they seem to, to add value to their audience. And of course, the audience gets a win of, in terms of the actual content, right? So kind of looking for those relationships where it's like a win-win-win. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah. and also recognizing that, because this is like, as we kind of said before, but like fundamentally for me anyway, um, recognizing that, you know, you're probably not going to be able to do it all yourself. Some people, right? But I think they're the unicorns. Uh, and so finding that help, right? And it's like, oh, you've, I can help you and you can help me. Oh, this is great, right? You know, but you first got to admit that you might need, need a hand. <coughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of those things that you almost need to you know. Sometimes the gestation process for working out how that amplification or what the rollout looks like is more complicated than <laughs> working out the product in the first yeah, place. Yeah. Um, well, I, I I love to end by asking people, you know, if I were to check in with you in a mm -hmm. year's time, what's the project that you would like to bring through to completion in that time that you'd be very proud to to talk about mm. so well it's kind of a couple of things <laughs> so like SPM my coaching program is, is um, this year is very much around growth for that so like I've just taken on my first coach um, and so where we're going with that is kind of basically just exploding the, the capacity um, globally both you know the amount of men that we can support and um, in terms of how we fulfill that with um, bringing other men into uh, to fulfill those roles because obviously I can't do it all and I don't want to be able to do a lot. I also want to empower others for that. So um, a year from now um, to the level that we have uh, SPM intakes running um, globally and monthly um, but also um, a version of, I don't know what it is yet, but a version of... Um, in companies, which you know, we're kind of having some early level conversations at the moment. Um, it's it's a tricky one, corporates and companies, but I just see so much potential there. I don't know exactly how it works, but but I want to have something in two companies um, then. And then the other side of it is Beyond the Beers, which is such a conversation starter for me. And so what we're looking to do with Beyond the Beers is 
be rolling out monthly events um, both across Australia and New Zealand uh, to bring men into this environment and start um, creating and, 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 and facilitating different conversations uh, in their lives. I love that because I, I mean I got to witness the reason why we got a chance to meet was because I was filming one of your Beyond the Beers events in Sydney and the even just seeing the shifts that were taking place with mm. some of the people who just came along to be audience members and then were able to feel empowered to share insights and I was even having a chat to one of them while we were having a drink afterwards and and he was surprised at his own uh, ability to share ideas mm. in the space and I think mm. that was probably the, the, the mm. power of it um, that it does feel so so safe and encouraging awesome and ultimately you know that confidence is just practice it's just getting an opportunity to to speak those words out loud to then know how they sound to then start to integrate the absolutely the ideas yeah um mike i thank you so much i if, if people wanted to i imagine i mean this podcast is listened to by men and women alike so i imagine they could be girls who'd like to put their, their the men in their lives in touch with yep. the work that you're doing and there could be guys who are interested in finding it out for themselves. Is there a good one-stop shop for people to find out more about about the, the workshops and coaching and the ideas that you're sharing? Uh, so I suppose the easiest thing would be my website is mikecampbell.com.au um, or otherwise come find me on Instagram, mikecampbellmc is my handle. It is a fairly common name. Dan, Mike Campbell, but um, <laughs> but, but by this, I think I already had a couple in my phone actually when I was looking right, for your number. And like, so also like um, the guitarist from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, and now Fleetwood Mac uh, is Mike Campbell. He tends to outrank me on Google. Um, yeah, I know, right? Oh. What an asshole. So, um, look, you'd be able to find me, right? If you type Mike Campbell Man Coach into into Google, you'll find me pretty easily. Um, but please, you know, like I, I always get emails from, from people and stuff when I do podcasts because like I love hearing from people and if you've got questions then ask, right? Because I love having these kind of conversations and, and facilitating change. So, you know, I, I also hear from a lot of women, a lot of women who might have something along the lines of, oh, that really resonated and I'd love my man to, to do something like that or, or, or open up here or whatever. How do I do it? So, so I have a lot of those kind of conversations as well. So um, if, that, if you're a woman and, and, and that resonates with you, then you know, feel free to reach out. Well, yeah, I, I, even, even I've taken a lot of inspiration from the way in which you're sharing ideas. I love, I, I, even just the, the, the realness, the no frills realness of just talking into the camera with an idea that is resonating with you that day, that I, you know, you don't, you can be on the receiving end of it. You can not necessarily need to hear mm. it in that day, but it's just still nice to connect to intention in a way that feels. I mean, there's, a, there's, a, there's great vibration behind that, which I think means more than just the idea itself that you're sharing. So I think that was really. I've taken a lot from the way in which you use the platform to share ideas for my own process. So thanks, Mike. It's, it's good work that you're <laughs> Thank doing. Thank you very much, very good. Dan. I appreciate that. Hmm. Um, well, th thanks so much, and um, yeah, I, uh, I look forward to uh, to sharing your links on the alongside this on the the show page, so people can find out more. But beautiful, thanks, thanks for having me. Great cat. <laughs>